Welcome to Ragbag. My name is Sycamore Steve. I don't quite understand why I'm doing this. I'm standing in for Frank while he does some work on promoting his new book. Like I say, I don't really understand why he asked me. So anyway, here we are. Let's have some music and then maybe I'll do some shout outs or something.
Right, as I say, Frank's doing some work on promoting his new book. Not, unfortunately, a book about corrugated metal. We'd all like to see that. Maybe he'll do that next. So, I'm doing him a favour. Don't know why I allow myself to be talked into this. He's a very persuasive man when he needs to be. I'm still not happy that most of the time, because he's living in the van now, instead of turning up for Corrugated Metal Club, he calls in via Skype. That's not in the spirit of the original group. When people bring samples in, you can't run your fingers over it, which to me is 99% of the pleasure of experiencing corrugated metal. Waving it in front of an iPad, that's not the same. You know, it's tactile. It has tactility. Is tactility aware? Get in touch and let us know. Well, not on social media. And my email address remains a closely guarded secret, so you can't tell me. But tell Frank. He won't care. That's just the way he is. Shout out to Barry in Buenos Aires. Barry says, I've noticed that the holes in my cheese grater are shaped like teardrops, and now I feel sad. Maybe there's some deeper underlying issues there, Barry. Maybe something from your childhood. Don't bury it. Let it all come out. Or maybe you're just a very empathetic... Empathetic? Maybe you're just a very empathetic person. Like you feel genuinely sad for the cheese grater because it looks like it's crying. If that's the case, get over yourself, Baz. It's a cheese grater. It's not worth it. As it happens, someone brought a cheese grater to Corrugated Metal Club once. And although it's not part of the club's key focus, I suppose you could argue it's from a related discipline. It was a very good cheese grater, that was. Very good cheese grater. I have happy memories of that cheese grater. The only thing that spoils it was Frank saying, Well, I'm vegan, so I don't call it a cheese grater. I call it a carrot and cucumber grater. Vegan. Don't get me started on that, for one thing. And I hope you're actually going to listen to this yourself, Frank. Because i got one thing to say to you. Gelatin does count. I hate him, listeners. I actually hate the man. I wish we'd never met. But I don't know, he seems to have this strange hold over me. Can you present the podcast for me, Steve? Changed his tune since the last time I was on with the underscore orchestra and literally wasn't allowed to speak. Now he wants me to present an entire episode on me own with no help. I don't know what I'm doing with all this stuff. I haven't got a clue. Let's talk about General Malaise. Remember that story Frank told on the podcast last year? It was called Crashing Corrugated Metal Club. Anyway, you'll recall I was taken with the idea of a General Malaise support group because that's by and large what I suffer from. I'm not depressed. I don't have any serious issues other than a mild sense of restlessness and a distant despair over the fact that one day I'm going to die and forget that any of this happened, which makes it all pretty meaningless, really. So it'd be nice to have a support group to deal with that. And obviously the General Malaise support group we discovered turned out to be a front for a white supremacist organisation. And that was a shame because I really wanted to join a General Malaise support group and now I can't do it just in case they turn out to be neo-Nazis. I don't like neo-Nazis. What's all this neo-business anyway? Neo? We want to be a proper Nazi. Drop all this neo-business. Be a proper Nazi. Wear the uniform. I'm not actually recommending that, of course. Just for the record, I don't like Hitler. 
he's one of my least favourite dictators. Him and Pol Pot. I don't like them. I actually wrote a song about Pol Pot once. Frank doesn't think I'm very musical, what does he know? He just plays other people's music. He's not a songwriter like I am. Has Frank ever thought to invite me to be interviewed for the bonus bag? No, he hasn't. How did that song about Pol Pot go now? It went... I don't like Pol Pot. I don't like Pol Pot. I don't like Pol Pot. He rubs me up the wrong way. I've got another song. It's a rap song. Because... As you just heard, my singing voice isn't quite up to scratch. Not quite up to the standard of my songwriting ability. I'll get there with it one of these days. But like I say, this is a rap that I've worked out, which is kind of an introduction to me as a person. Because I haven't appeared on this show before in person. You may be wondering who I am. And how I got this nickname of mine, Sycamore Steve. So here we go. It's all contained within the track. So here's the tune, listeners. I'll whack it on. When I was six, they called me sick of a Cause I used to climb trees. But I was sitting up at the top, head poking through the leaves. King of the world, higher than the lamppost. She was looking up at me like the cedar ghost. Sick of more steam, sick of more steam, sick of more steam. Sitting at the top of the tree. Instead that funny nickname stock Like the bumper sticker that makes its way from truck to truck And I have to say I like it, although it's a mouthful It's a sign of an enthusiast Now I got a house full of stuff I got plenty Call me sentimental, perhaps you better take away the scenty Thicker more steam Thicker more steam Thicker more steam Sitting at the top of the tree. Corrugated metal. Corrugated metal. Don't ask me why, I just really like it. Metal. Thicker more steam. Thicker more steam. Thicker more steam. General Malay's got me feeling less free. Sometimes I'd like to be six again, sitting at the top of the tree. General Malay's got me feeling less free. Sometimes I'd like to be six again, sitting at the top of the tree. Do you like that? I think what I'm trying to say is, I think... I'm going to form my own General Malay's support group. Anyone listening in the northwest of England is welcome to attend. I'll be in touch later on with more details. I know most of the listeners to this podcast are American. Sorry to exclude you all from this, but I think it'll be a bit too far for you to travel. Also, the first rule of my General Malay's support group is no calling in by Skype. Absolutely not. It's completely unacceptable behaviour. Shout out to Emily in Copenhagen. Emily says, How dare you diss my favourite musical genre, ska punk. 
To be fair, I think Frank's entitled to his opinion, but also please bear in mind that Frank's opinion isn't important. Sometimes I trick myself into thinking it is important because of this hold he has over me which I've mentioned. But on balance it's not. It's not important, Emily. I don't know you, but you're better than him. Okay. What did you say it was? Scar punk? Scar as in reggae and punk as in punk rock all mixed up together. Sounds awful. But as I say, you yourself were also entitled to your opinion and your opinions are important unless you're a neo-Nazi as well, in which case, stop that. I could kill Frank Burton, I really could murder him. It must have been brilliant in the older days, you know. You could just kill whoever you wanted and then cover it up with very little effort. Must have been, you know, if you wanted to, if you had a valid reason to. I'm not saying you should do that sort of thing for pleasure. I'm not an animal, but you know, if I had a valid reason, and I do have a valid reason to kill Frank Burton, I don't like him. That's reason enough, isn't it? And what I'm saying is, if this were the olden days, I could do it really easily without being detected. I used to be in a different club to Corrugated Metal Club. It was a history enthusiast group. I didn't last long in there. They were all academic folks and I just wanted to find out about murders. And people would say to me, Oh, you're interested in Jack the Ripper, are you? And I'd say, yeah, sort of. And they'd say, what a mystery, eh? They never caught that one, did they? And internally I was saying, yeah, of course they never caught him. No forensics, no cameras, no easy means of contacting the police in an emergency. They were the glory days for doing murders. If I wanted to murder Frank, and I do want to do it, and I will do it one day, I'd have to properly cover my tracks, you know what I mean? Got to think about the method, alibi, how to get away with it. I mean, I've already planned it all out in my head. I better not reveal what I'm planning exactly, because it might end up being used against me in a court of law. But just so you know, I'm going to make it look like an accident. I'm going to give him asbestos poisoning. And the cops will be like, oh, it's asbestos. I wonder where he picked that up from. Well, could be anywhere, really. It's all over the place. So that's my plan. You know what, I know I can say that without Frank finding out because I know he's not going to listen to this too busy, too arrogant. You know, it just occurred to me, maybe there's some other reason for me being angry with him. It's interesting. Maybe it's to do with childhood. Something to do with childhood. It's interesting all this psychology business, isn't it? I'll tell you something, listeners. I'm bisexual, right? And I'm 58 years old and I've never fallen in love with anyone, male or female. I just haven't found that kind of connection with anyone. There was this one time when I was 12 years old. I was sitting at the top of a tree in the park, as I often did. I was watching some lads play football. They didn't know I was there and I quite liked the fact that I was on my own watching them. I didn't feel lonely. I was happy not to be down there with those boys and their daft rivalries and hierarchies I couldn't be bothered with any of that and a girl of my age walked past she was absolutely beautiful I think it was the first time in my life I'd actually thought about someone in that way she looked up she saw me she called up how did you get all the way up there she wasn't exactly impressed she was puzzled by it I said I climbed she said oh I said I could teach you if you like. It does look like fun, she said. It took me a couple of minutes to descend to the leafy ground. 
I stumbled a couple of times because I was rushed. I just wanted to stand in front of this girl, get a proper good look at her face. I jumped from a lower branch, a successful landing on two feet. But the girl wasn't there anymore. She must have walked off. But in which direction? I chose a direction and I ran after her. There was no one to be seen. I headed back in the opposite direction, still no sign of her. I asked the boys who were playing football. I said there was a girl my age walking nearby. I didn't know her name, but I wanted to talk to her. I was breathless and incoherent and they laughed in my face, but I didn't have time to care. I jogged around the perimeter of the park and wandered the surrounding streets for hours. Why was I so obsessed with finding this girl? Because she looked nice. She could have been anyone. She could have been a psychopath or something. Or she could have just been really boring and the dullest company you could imagine. Also, in hindsight, asking someone at the top of a tree how they got there is kind of a weird question, so maybe she wasn't the brightest spark. And accepting my offer, then disappearing with no explanation, was impolite, to say the least. Nonetheless, I kept on looking out for her. Some days I'd go to the park and wander around, just in case we crossed paths again, but we never did. And as the years went by, I often thought of that encounter. I still remembered it 20 years later. I was in my 30s. All my friends had settled down and got married and were having kids. I still hadn't met anyone I liked. I wasn't even sure that I wanted to. One day when I was 35, I was on a work trip to London. I disattached myself from the group I was with because they were getting on my nerves. I went to a coffee shop and there she was. The girl from the bottom of the tree. I'd often wondered what she would look like now, and here was my answer. She hadn't aged a day, literally she was still 12 years old. I couldn't help myself. I ran straight up to her, I said it's you isn't it? You're the girl from the bottom of the tree. I was going to show you how to climb it and you ran away. And now you haven't aged at all, how did you manage that? She said something in response, but it quickly became clear she didn't speak a word of English. You know, it must have been someone else. I don't really know why I'm telling you all of this. I think I brought up the idea that I'd never fallen in love with someone because I wanted to make it clear that I'm not attracted to Frank in that way. He has sucked me into his web, but I don't have romantic feelings towards him. When we first met, I identified with him in various ways. First there was our mutual love of corrugated metal. Then there's the fact that Frank seems very happy to be single, which is exactly how I felt for a long time. Or maybe that's just how I wanted to feel. And now, I'm thinking maybe I'm jealous of him. I always wanted to go off the grid, pack up my things and live my life on the road, just like he's doing. But I can't do that now, I've got a mortgage and stuff. He's doing what he wants to do for a living, podcasting and writing books. While I'm trapped in a job that I hate, hanging around with people I hate, and that does something to you after a while, as much as you try not to be a bitter human being, I fear that's what I've become, listeners. I think I need to make some changes in my life. I need to take control. I've spent too much of my time being pushed around by other folks. Well, no more, Frank Burton. If indeed you are listening, which I sincerely doubt, you are no longer welcome at Corrugated Metal Club, you're barred. 
I'm not officially in charge of the WhatsApp group. I can't chuck you out of there. I'll just leave myself. I'm doing it right now. There you go. I've done it. I've left. Now I'm going to send a text to everyone else in the group and say, Frank's barred. I've started a new WhatsApp group. I'll add you all in. We'll continue as normal. And if any of them ask why, I'll say it's because I hate Frank Burton. I hate him. He's nothing to me. And I am going to kill him. Yes, I am. I am going to kill Frank Burton by means of asbestos poisoning. You mark my words. That is what I will do. Ah. You know, it feels very nice to have gotten that off my chest. This may be the very last episode of Ragbag Listeners because I do intend to kill Frank Burton very, very soon. So in the meantime, enjoy the music. I believe he's got a couple of pre-recorded bonus bags lined up. But once those are out, it'll be radio silence. You'll have to get your fortnightly fix of alternative music and general merriment from elsewhere. But as I say, if any of you are interested in my general malaise support group, please do get in touch via Frank's email. I know the password. That's where I got the shout-out request from. Considering some of the words that have come out of my mouth during this episode, quite unexpectedly to be honest... Perhaps I'm a little more in need of support than I thought I was. That's something to think about, isn't it?
Ridiculous you would be. I hate him, listeners. I actually hate the man. I wish we'd never met. Ridiculous you would be. Ridiculous you would be. I hate him, listeners. Ridiculous you would be. I hate him, listeners. I am gonna kill Frank Burton by means of asbestos poisoning. You mark my words, that is what I will do. Ridiculous human being. Ridiculous human being. Ridiculous human being. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. Ridiculous human being. Perhaps I'm a little more in need of support than I thought I was. That's something to think about, isn't it? I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. Ridiculous human being. That's something to think about, isn't it? That's something to think about, isn't it? Perhaps I'm a little more in need of support than I thought I was. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. Ridiculous human being. Coronavirus, coronavirus, remember when you could have a conversation without coronavirus coming up? It bothers me slightly that I'm going to be putting all these episodes out which don't mention the thing that's staring everyone in the face, that's staring everyone in the face, that's staring everyone in the face. Coronavirus, coronavirus, whatever music you're into, I heartily recommend. If you're trapped somewhere, music is one of those things that can really help take you somewhere else even if that's a temporary measure and it can help you to feel differently about things with all this talk of death music is one of those things that can really make you feel alive with all this talk of death music 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 music
music is one of those things that can really make you feel alive. Ragbag recommends now. I have two different podcasts to recommend to all you locked down people. One of my personal favourites is Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. Frank probably doesn't listen to it because he's a ridiculous human being. But you should. Here's Canadian Girl to tell you all about it. Hello Redbag listeners, I'm Canadian Girl. Host of the podcast, Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. This is a Canadian podcast about the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. Join me every two weeks for a new adventure as we go hunting for long-lost gold, meet interesting figures from history, discover haunted places, chase down UFO sightings, and so much more. I really do hope to see some of the Red Bag listeners on our next new adventure. That's Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. You can find us on most streaming apps. I hope to see you soon. I'm Canadian Girl. So that's that one. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from Canada. Binge it while you're in lockdown. Now here's a podcast that ridiculous human being Frank Burton is soon to be appearing on for the third time talking about his new book. It's a bit weird that he's ended up doing it three times because it is genuinely good. It's genuine chit-chat with no relation, Mike Burton. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, including CEOs of businesses, psychologists, authors, musicians, travellers, people suffering with physical and mental illnesses, and everyone in between where we speak about a large variety of topics, including music and movies and pop culture, but also some more controversial topics, including drug reform, political correctness, and many more. No subject is off limits. You can find us in all the usual podcast places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And you can follow us in all the usual social media places. And to be clear, I don't expect everyone listening to enjoy every episode of my show. What I do think is that due to the wide variety of guests and topics, that there'll be at least one episode that each person listening will enjoy so if you still appreciate the art of conversation and want to hear honest conversations with interesting people then be sure to check out genuine chit chat in all the usual places so that's that one brilliant brilliant stuff from the uk binge it while you're in lockdown also possibly frank burton's final ever podcast appearance so watch out for that
Thank you for listening, listeners. I will see you again soon, I hope, at the General Malay Support Group. Do come along to that. Um, Frank has instructed me to read out his URL, where you can find out the details of his books and all that sort of caper. It is www.frankburton.co.uk. Have a look at that. Once he's dead, his books will no doubt be selling like hotcakes. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more.